The text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is our Gospel reading for today, where Jesus says these words, It is better for you to enter life crippled than with two hands to go to hell, to the unquenchable fire. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Sometimes Jesus can say things in the scriptures that can seem a little overboard. He can say things that seem over the top. He can leave us wondering, did he really mean that? There is perhaps no better example in all of the scriptures than in our gospel reading for today. For there indeed Jesus does tell us, that if our hand causes us to sin, we should cut it off. He tells us that if our foot leads us into evil, we should cut it off. He tells us that if our eye is the gateway that evil enters into our life, well then we should tear it out. And when we hear words like these, we are tempted to just simply dismiss them quickly. We're tempted to just say, well, of course, he didn't really mean that, and move on. And in so doing, we are tempted to simply ignore the words that proceed from the mouth of the Lord, since we determine that they are far too extreme to take to heart. Truth be told, biblical scholars have, throughout the years, argued about these verses and whether they should be taken literally in any sense. Some people have argued that Jesus is being quite serious. And he is saying that if there is a part of our body that is actually going to be the cause for sin to rule in our life without repentance, well then literally, it should go. He is certainly being quite serious when he says that it would be better for a person to enter into heaven missing one body part, then as a whole person to be cast into the unquenchable fires. Now many others simply say that Jesus here is using a way of speaking called hyperbole. Hyperbole is defined as simply making exaggerated claims or statements that are not meant to be taken literally. And so, of course, you can understand how many people say these words of Jesus that we find in our Gospel reading are simply hyperbole. He didn't mean for us to take them seriously. Some have said, in fact, if Jesus did mean for these words to be taken seriously, well, then every church, every congregation would simply be filled with cripples. Well, rather, today than taking a side about whether Jesus' words are meant to, at least in one sense, be taken literally, or whether they are an example of hyperbole, I'd rather talk about why it is that Jesus speaks in the manner that he does. Why is it that he uses such extreme words or uses hyperbole? So first, we must ask this question. Why does anyone use something like hyperbole? Why does anyone use extreme speech that seems almost over the top? 
For if we will answer that question, then we will be safe, because even if one of us here decides that the words are hyperbole, and another says, no, they're literal, neither of us will be able to dismiss them. Yes, we today must understand that most times when people use something like hyperbole or speak in a way that seems rather extreme, they do it precisely because they are addressing something that they feel is so important that they almost feel the need to overstate their case, to convince their hearers of the importance of that thing. And so if you want to say today that Jesus' words are just hyperbole, I won't spend time arguing with you. I will instead simply ask you why it is then that Jesus would use such hyperbole, why it is that he would speak in such an extreme way. And I would tell you that he does so because there is something very important that he wants to convince you is very important. There's something that he will not take any chance with. He will not let you walk away having not heard what he wants to say. So what is that thing that Jesus finds so important that he uses hyperbole or talks in an extreme way? Well, put most broadly, I think it is simply this. He wants us to understand that there truly is a spiritual war raging at all times. And that that spiritual war is actually battled out sometimes right in the midst of our daily life. On the church calendar, certain days are set aside to help us remember certain people or certain events. And on yesterday's day, it was the day set aside to remember St. Michael the Archangel. Now the scriptures talk about St. Michael the Archangel as the great warrior commander of the heavenly hosts of God. He is the one who is in the lead when the angels need to go to battle. Yes, he is the one who led the angels in war against the devil and his demons when the devil was cast down out of heaven. We're told he will again arise and have a special place in the very last days when God gathers with his people, to, or gathers his people together. So why is it that we should take time to think a little bit about St. Michael, and for that matter, about the angels in general? Well, because probably when we refuse to think about them, we also start to forget that there is a spiritual battle raging. The urgent matters in our life can keep us so focused on what's in front of us that we forget what's going on all around us. And so, yes, today we are called to remember that there is a spiritual war being fought. There is a battle between God and Satan. There is a battle between God's angels and the fallen angels that followed Satan. There is a battle between God's people and between those who by their choice are not his people. And this battle, it doesn't just happen out there somewhere. It actually happens right in our life. It happens every time temptation brings before us an opportunity to sin. In that moment, the cosmic and ongoing battle that rages is brought right into the life of us. 
of us ordinary people in our ordinary lives. And Jesus, he would have us know today that what happens in that moment, well, it actually matters. It matters whether we hold firm to Christ and hold to the victory that he has given us over sin. It matters whether we will fall into sin and simply act as if we have no other choice. Well, you see, Jesus has already won this battle that's going on in the grandest sense. But know that he rejoices each and every time that his victory from the cross and the tomb, he loves it every time that is manifested in the lives of one of his people. It's such a simple statement that it almost shouldn't have to be said. But here it is anyways. The presence of sin in the Christian life, it matters. It matters because it has an effect on our lives. It matters because it has an effect on the lives of everyone that we come into contact with. It matters because when we sin, we give the devil a small victory and we give others the false impression that Christ has not conquered sin. And finally, it matters because each and every sin moves us away from our Savior Jesus. So do you know that sin in your life actually matters? Now, of course, I suppose all of you want to say, well, of course I do, Pastor, and move on. But seriously, are you alarmed when sin is in your life? When it occurs, are you terrified for just a moment thinking about the wrath of God that should be poured out upon that sin justly? Does it strike you as something that's so thoroughly inconsistent with the life you've been given in holy baptism? Or do you think of it as so common that it doesn't alarm you much at all? Have you decided that God would be unjust to punish your sin because after all, you're just a fallen, sinful human. What else can he expect? Or do you think that your baptism is something that really only has power to put you into heaven on the last day, but think it has no real power to help you conquer sin today? Today, we hear Christ use hyperbole or speak in an extreme manner about lopping off parts of our body and tearing other parts out of their normal place because he wishes for us to understand that sin in the Christian life should never be thought of as just normal or commonplace. He wants us to understand that, of course, apart from him, we would do nothing but sin. But blessedly, you and I were never apart from Christ. And so he wants us to understand that in our baptism, already now, he has raised us up to live a new life. He has raised us up to live a life that is to be lived out in our daily lives before this world, in service of God and in love of our neighbor. So don't ignore Christ's words today because they seem over the top. Don't just say they're hyperbolic and therefore we can dismiss them away Instead, know why it is that Jesus speaks the way he does. That he wants you to remember the spiritual battle that rages every day. He wants you to take sin in the Christian life seriously. 
He wants you to take it so seriously that when temptation comes to sin, that you actually cry out to him and ask him for that way of escape from sin that he promises in the scriptures. He wants you to take it so seriously that when you recognize that you have fallen into sin, that you don't walk, but you run back to him, seeking his forgiveness in the places where he has promised to be. He wants you to take it so seriously that when you know that you have been raised up by Christ, you are zealous to do good works in this world, not because you have to, but because you want to love him and to love your neighbor because you are a new creation. You see, the battle, it is real. God and the devil, they are real. St. Michael, his archangels, and all the heavenly hosts, and the devil and all of his dastardly demons, yes, they are real as well. And so is Christ's desire that you would put aside sin in your life. That is real as well. He died and rose, you see, in order that the power of sin would be broken, both in a cosmic, overwhelming, and overarching sense, but also in the sense of in your daily life, in the temptations that come upon you. Yes, he has delivered that power to you in your baptism. And he continues to refresh that power in you through his word and through his supper. Jesus' words are not to be dismissed because they are somehow over the top. No, they're to be listened to. Because Jesus uses them to draw our attention to something very important. To be casual about sin in the Christian life is to be dismissive of the fact that Jesus died and rose in order that you might be forgiven of your sins and set free from their power. So flee from the thought that sin does not matter and flee instead to Jesus, the one who proves that while sin matters, it has also been forgiven and defeated. In his holy name we pray. Amen.